0: CHAPTER THIRTY-SIX OF THE PIONEERS BY CATHERINE SUSANNA PRITCHARD. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. RECORDING BY KIRSTY The little red horse's pace was as swift as a swallow's. Sure-footed, she flashed on over the long winding roads, up the steep hillsides and down them, slipping and sliding on the loose shingles, but keeping her knees in the cunning way that only the mountain horses know. Davy heard the beat of her hoofs until the sound became mechanical though she was moving she seemed to get no further to throw no distance behind her forging ahead through the darkness fear and a suffocating weakness began to dull his brain he could not see the sagging pain in his breast ate up his strength with a desperate effort he pulled the handkerchief from his throat and thrust it inside his shirt against the wound he dug his heels into red side urging her on a diffused glow of lights loomed before him As if wakening from a nightmare in which he had been struggling to get forward and was held back by mysterious unknown forces, he realized that they were the lights of the shanty. The mare carried him into the stable yard. The welcome yelp of dogs greeted his ears. He flung off her, staggered across the yard, and burst open the back door. He was conscious of Farrell and Deirdre springing towards him, of Steve behind them, then surging darkness... The swirling tides of dreamless darkness that had been pressing close to him all the way closed over him. For a moment he struggled against them, trying to speak. A few muttered, incoherent words were all Deirdre and the schoolmaster caught. He pitched forward. Deirdre ran to him. The schoolmaster helped her to lift Davy over on his back. She moistened his lips with the spirit that Steve brought quickly. "'There's blood on him, father,' she cried. There was no tremor in her voice, only a tense anxiety. Farrell told her what to do, to cut away Davy's shirt where the blood oozed on it. Steve went for water and rags as she did so. The flickering light of the candle the schoolmaster held showed the broken and blackened flesh. "'He's been shot. It's a slug made that mark,' Steve gasped when he saw it. When he had put a basin of cold water beside her, she laid soaked rags on the wound." The shock brought Davey a moment of consciousness. He moaned, stirring with pain. His eyes opened. He saw Deirdre's face above his and the schoolmaster bending over him. He stared at them unseeingly, then the mists cleared from his brain. "'I'm all right,' he muttered, all right. He lay quite still. "'Have you got the calves out of the paddock?' he asked a moment later, his voice stronger. "'Malachlan and the couple of men'll be here presently mcnab has got wind of their being in the paddock here. Get them out to the valley quick, or let them go. Where's Connell? Steve asked eagerly. He ought to be in by now. There was a crooked furrow of pain on Davy's face. I looked for him before I came out, he said. Couldn't find him. Thought he must have gone on ahead. I got this. His hand went to his breast, crossing the cobbwood over the creek. They said at McNab's Connell had been swearing, to do for me, but I didn't believe it. His body sagged and his head went back, but Deirdre was behind him. She rested his head on her knees. Her eyes flew to the schoolmaster. "'It was Connell,' she breathed. "'He said he would do it.' Farrell's face whitened. He put no man before Long Connell. Deirdre put a pack of wet rags over the wound again and bound it on with a piece of unbleached linen. Her eyes went anxiously to Steve. "'He's not going to die, is he?' she asked. "'No,' Steve muttered cheerfully, his eyes travelled the length of the boy's sturdy frame. "'It's not much more than a surface wound, though it's cut up the flesh a good deal. He'd look different if he was going to kick the bucket.' "'If we could lift him into the other room it would be better,' she suggested. "'The men from the worry may be coming.' "'Yes,' the schoolmaster said. As they tried to move him, Davy regained consciousness. "'Have you got those beasts out?' he asked querulously there's no time to lose i'm all right deirdre on one side the schoolmaster on the other they led him to the room in which farrell slept he sank wearily on the bunk against the wall the schoolmaster went back to the kitchen for a moment deirdre bent over the bunk gazing at davy's still face anxiously intently it was no time for weeping or exclamation she realised the danger that threatened If M'Lachlan and the men from the Wirree came and found the cattle in the paddock below Steve's, not only Davy, but also the schoolmaster, would have to pay the penalty. She went back to the kitchen. "'He's sleeping,' she said. The schoolmaster and Steve were standing by the door, arguing in an undertone together. The schoolmaster turned to go out. "'Where are you going?' she asked. "'Let those animals out,' he said briefly. "'It's no good. Teddy won't go with them alone.' He's as afraid of the dark as they are, and if Malachlan's coming, we've got to get them out of the way. He's going to try and take them by himself to the valley, and it's madness. He can't see, cried Steve. Conal was a fool to bring them near the place. I told him this morning, but he'll take his own way and nobody else's, the schoolmaster replied. If he were here now... I'm going to take them father, Deirdre said. They're easy enough to drive at night, and Teddy will work with me. You watch Davy. He'll be right now, but in case... "'Besides, the place has got to look peaceable and ordinary "'if M'Lachlan comes.' "'I can't let you do it, Deirdre. "'The schoolmaster's voice was harsh and peremptory. "'I'm going to.' "'He recognised his own spirit in her. "'There's no time to lose,' she said. "'And I know the track to the valley. Colonel showed it to me. "'I helped him to bring in the calves yesterday. "'And I haven't been on the roads with you both for the last year "'without knowing how to manage a handful of old cows.' "'I tell you, I'll not have it.' The schoolmaster interrupted passionately. "'It means as much to me as any of you,' she said, a little breathless sob in her voice. "'You don't know how much. You can't have these beasts with the new brands running the hills now. Connell ought to be responsible for them, but that won't help as much if they're found here. Davy's known to have been working with him, and you were suspected of being with him even when you weren't.' The door slammed behind her. Steve followed her out of doors. He pulled the chestnut's girths when she had thrown a saddle across his back. "'You can manage the calves, of course, Deirdre," he said. "'Keep em quiet as you can. No shouting, mind. The dogs know night work with cattle's mostly quiet work. Keep em back. You'll not be raising a whip yourself. I'll tell Teddy. The less crackin' the better. These beasts'll go quiet enough.' He and the schoolmaster watched her flying out across the faintly moonlit paddocks, The dogs were soon working round the mob in a far corner where the fence panels were down. Deirdre drove them through the opening. The black boy was on the road, waiting to keep the beast's noses northwards with an adroit flick of his whip. It was with an occasional lowing and rattling of horns, the brush and rattle of hoofs on the dry timber that they passed out into the shadows of the road. The schoolmaster had no fear that Deirdre could not manage this handful of yearlings and old cows she had chased calves from paddock to paddock when she was big enough to straddle a pot-bellied pony and had cracked a light whip which conal had made for her with a fall a couple of inches shorter than his own round many a restless herd when Connell and he were droving and she was on the roads with them it was the bitterness of not being able to drive himself that plagued farrell the consciousness of having to stand by and let her do what there was danger in doing incensed him "'Steve watched the road for sound or sign of men and horses from Weirreford. "'Then he chased his own two milkers up from the cow paddock "'and ran them backwards and forwards along the road where the mob had passed "'to obliterate its tracks. "'A weight was off the schoolmaster's mind when Steve said that Deirdre and the black were out of sight. "'He knew that by taking the cattle along the narrow tracks on the ledges of the hills "'she would save them. "'Narrow Valley scrubs would screen them from curious eyes.' If M'Lachlan came, the road would tell no tales. Steve's cows had made it look as if a mob had passed in the opposite direction, beyond the shanty, and he and the schoolmaster had a story to fit the tracks. They did not think that anybody but themselves knew the way under the trees on the valley hillsides. Only if M'Lachlan bought a tracker would he be able to follow Deirdre. Farrell wondered how word had reached McNab and what foolhardiness had led Connell to bring these branded calves to the paddock below Steve's. For a moment the idea that Connell, baited and maddened with drink, might have given some hint at McNab's of the beast's being in Steve's paddock occurred to him. And then there was Davy. For a while his mind brooded over what had happened to him. "'It was only mad with drink Conal could have shot at a man in the dark,' he told himself. "'The open fight is his way. Connell and he had been friends a good many years,' "'and there was something in his estimate of the man "'which defied the idea that he had shot Davy. "'And yet it looked as if he had. "'Why was he not in? "'He had left Wirreford an hour before Davy. Connell was on the road before Davy, "'and he had been drinking at McNabb's. "'He had been taunted with Deirdre's name. "'It was only mad with drink he could have done it,' "'the schoolmaster told himself again. "'And even then a fierce contempt and condemnation "'surged within him. "'The memory of Deirdre's fired young womanhood, of the look in her face, of the glow in her eyes, told him what this hurt to Davy meant to her. Steve watched in the room beside Davy. His shrunken, crippled limbs ached. His head sank on his breast. He drooped and slept forgetfully. The schoolmaster strode the length of the kitchen. The fire smouldered low. He threw some wood on it. The crackling flames flashed and played freakishly across the room. He wondered if Connor would come where he was the hours passed there was no sound or sign of late riders from the wirree he opened the door of the hut the night was very still only a mopoke called plaintively in the distance there was a stir in the room in which davy was sleeping farrell heard steve's voice in startled and sleepy protest the door opened davy stood on the threshold his eyes with a delirious brightness in them "'What have you done about those calves?' he asked, his voice quick and clear. "'We're going to let them go,' Steve gasped. "'You go back and lie down now, Davy.' "'You can't do that with the new brands on them,' Davy brushed him aside irritably. "'I'm all right now. I can take them up to the valley. "'It's a bit of luck Malachlan hasn't turned up yet. "'Perhaps I upset his calculations. His and McNab's. "'He's not so fond of getting a move on, Johnny Mac. "'Might have guessed I'd got a notion he was going to be busy "'when I went round asking for Connell.' thought we'd give him the slip anyway and he'd save himself the trouble of coming he laughed a little unsteadily think i'll get the calves along to the valley all the same the schoolmaster took his arm go and lie down Davy, he said if you go wandering about like this you'll bring on the bleeding again besides deirdre where is she his eyes flew searching the room for her she it seemed difficult to say she has gone down to the valley so it'll be all right he said Davy turned towards the door. "'Don't be a fool, Davy!' The schoolmaster intercepted him. Davy pushed him aside. He strode into the stable-yard as though nothing had happened to disable him. A moment later the schoolmaster heard the rattle of hoofs on the road. Every fibre of him shivered at the boy's contempt, the blazing amazement of his eyes. He sank into a chair, covering his face with his hands. End of Chapter 36